Gold's got its mojo back, looking good. The dollar's still looking solid. Crypto's looking wobbly. Prince Andrew, you got away last week. I got you on the sheet. You're not getting away this week. Everything is getting taken from Prince Andrew. He doesn't even have a Twitter account anymore. We'll talk the Biden press conference. What a disaster that was. We'll look back on the first year of this administration, the pros, the cons, and all the in-betweens. A lot to get to, as always. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. And this is episode 153 of Bizarro World. Mr. Hodge, how goes it? It goes uh, very busily, Gerardo, as I know it does for you. So I can't believe a week has lapsed already. Uh, Things are moving quickly in the market. Uh, You should be separating the signal from the noise very much this week and into the end of January here. We'll talk about it. Can't believe it's been a year of uh, the new administration. Sometimes I forget who's even uh, in office, and that's a good thing. So does he. Uh, yeah, that's very funny. So. I'm doing great, Jordan. How's it going? It's going well. I'm trying to start the year out peacefully. I'm trying to start the year out on a positive tone. And you know, it's um, it's it's uh, every now and then um, you get, you know, those that will remain unmentioned because I will never give you the attention that you want, you little prick. But, you know, every now and then you get a mention here and there that um, kind of makes me chuckle. And so, you know, this, the, the shirt today is in that spirit. It, it's, you know, buy a vowel. Have a great time, you know, go write some more and go make some more things up and just, you know, keep busy, Cupcake. That's it. So we're going to have great energy in 2022. That's what we're going to go with. Um, You need at least two vowels there, I think, Gerardo. Well, I told you, I'm not a writer. I'm just just a stock picker who happens to write. That's it. So no, you know, I'll focus on positive energy for the year. Um, definitely not wanting to feed into any of the fodder that gets, you know, people's panties in a bunch at times. And no, really excited about 2022. Jokes aside, um, I think it's going to be a spectacular year. I think the precious metals market is off to a very, very solid start here. And I think that's a great place to start. We have silver above 25 again. We have gold flirting with 1850. Um, Your thoughts, Mr. Hodge? Yeah, this is going to be meandering, as I guess it is um, every week. So we got to rewind the tape a little bit, I think, back to Thanksgiving when we started talking about uh, the selling. Uh, We had a sell-off. Inflation was uh, starting to slow, as evidenced by um, the dollar gaining strength and and bond yields starting to slow their ascent. Um, That's picked up here recently as the Fed jawbones for higher rates. But... um, The other thing that's going on is that growth is slowing um, in a couple of ways. Uh, The GDP is going to slow very much uh, in the Q4 and certainly into the spring uh, versus what we saw in in Q3 and uh, in 2021. So you'll remember in 2021, it was by the dip, by the Mm -hmm. dip. This isn't going to crash yet. We're going back to all time highs. That was like all year long. And and this time it's different. It's, It's not by the dip. And I think people are getting a little... Uh, swept up in it because I just mentioned the, the growth is going to slow. Earnings are going to slow as well. So uh, the Q2 and Q3 earnings, the year-over-year comparisons we saw last year would have been compared to uh, 2020, which would have been in the entire world was locked down. And so you literally saw uh, S&P growth rates 
a hundred percent and then a quarter after that 40 percent and then a 30 some percent growth and um you know bulls are out there shouting now you're about to see four quarters of uh, plus 25 uh, percent earnings growth and that's great but the chart is going like this right mm. from 100 percent, as i just said stepping down the earnings growth is uh, not going the the right direction and certainly with the inflation still in the system it was fine when gdp was making up for it but uh, when GDP is not running hot and, and, and earnings are slowing into um, uh, rates rising, it's bad for stocks. And so what you've seen is that uh, materialize in earnest now from the uh, little showing of the knee in November and December to revealing the whole leg here in January. And if you haven't uh, reduced some of your exposure to uh, some of the, let's call it, they're not asset classes, but some of the sectors of the stock market that did really well last year uh, you should get on that and that's what i mean about separating the signal from the noise this week tech looks like shit banks look like uh shit uh, all those meme stocks look like shit cryptos continues to be rough and um people are going to safe havens you mentioned gold mm-hmm. utilities are, are strong um uh, what else do you want to talk about? That's sort of it. Uh, reduce your exposure to to equities. I don't know how else to say that. Well, and, and let's get into that. I think we should we should kind of carve that out and separate it. You talked about what looks bad, you know, what looks like shit in your words, right? Um, I hate to sound like a braggart. My, my little resource portfolio is looking pretty damn good the last couple of weeks, right? And that's just the public portfolio. That doesn't take into account the checks that you and I have been writing for the past six to 12 months when nobody wanted to write write any checks of consequence into a lot of these sectors, right? The gold space, uh, copper didn't get hot until, you know, after New Year this time last year. We were ahead of that a little bit. Lithium, same thing, right? And so, I mean, there are opportunities in the market, but I love the comment about the signal and watching the change. I don't I don't think it's a coincidence that while the markets, you know, slid, volatility is going this way now, right? And that's something we didn't have for a while. It was just new record highs, new record highs, new record highs, new record highs. Well, here we are. It's been a couple of weeks since we had a record high and everybody's yelling for Jerome. Jerome, Janet, get in here. Help, help. Stop the madness, right? And it doesn't sound like, at least initially, the Fed is going to cave in and not hike. Does the Fed hike 25 basis points? Does the Fed hike 50 basis points? Does it matter? I think it matters for a quarter or two if you have large exposure to those main sectors that were the darlings over the past several years. But I think if you diversify into some of the other sectors that have been beaten down so badly, I think the baseline, and I'm talking gold equities right now, the baseline for gold equities, I think it's an excellent entry point if you haven't wanted to dip your toe in the water because you were afraid of what was around the corner. I think we have a very, very supportive environment for the gold stocks. Yeah, especially... Um, you know, uh, I'll do the same old song and dance, right? With a gold over 1800, um, a lot of the producers uh, look really good. Look at, um, I mean, like Barrick uh, did this week, for example, mm-hmm. that stock uh, almost gapped up, certainly had a wide candle to uh, the upside. And so, yeah, when money's coming out of the, the stock market, it goes into to other places. One of the places it's going is into gold. And so as long as the entire sky is not crashing down, the related equities will uh, do good as well. Um, that's the, the, the large royalty companies first and the producers. And then 
um, on down the line. Like you mentioned, your portfolio is looking good. The, the resource portfolio, same this week. You know, when I sorted by the percent gain column yeah. a couple of days this week, um, some of the smaller juniors were up uh, 8 to 12% uh, a day. And they're coming off such a low baseline, right? Because uh, everybody threw everything out after the gold price hit a record uh, in 2020. And there was other places to make money, in, including cryptos. Wink, wink, Gerardo. Here come the soldiers. And um, that money's got to go somewhere now. So um, gold equities look like a, a good place for that to be. Um, especially as um, some of them continue to offer yield that is uh, above what uh, the general market and bonds are offering. Let's talk about yields. You have the 10-year, right, which is, you know, right up there close to the 190 mark. Um, you have mortgage interest rates, you know, still at, still at almost historic lows, but, you know, they're, they're, they're hitting two-year highs. And so you talked about the slowdown with the financials, tech, do you see a slowdown in the real estate space now that uh, yields have trickled up? Or do you think that the move is, is, is it really too consequential? Because look, a half a percent interest rate move higher. If I'm refinancing, pick your number, right? A half a million dollar home, a million dollar home, a hundred thousand dollar home, whatever that is, that extra half percent isn't really consequential for most people that are able to refine this environment. Uh, it's a complicated and, and quasi long answer. Um, That's why you're here, Mr. Hodge. <laughs> the affordability to buy a house, even with a, a small uptick in rates, as you mentioned, is still um, good. Historically, it's still better than renting. And so that's important. Um, there's large fundamentals driving it in that um the millennials are a huge cohort that have to buy houses. I'll probably butcher this a little bit, but I think it's something like um, every year for the next four or five years, there's like five to uh, 10 million millennials, you know, hitting that 30 to 35 window where they're having kids and uh, buying houses. Um, plus, um, I don't think the rates go this way forever. We'll see if they do raise rates. Um, but I think um, housing is uh, one of those safe havens. You throw it in with gold and you throw it in with uh, utilities. If I was looking um, before the legs fell out of the market there in the past 30 minutes today, the REITs and the uh, utility sectors were uh, doing okay. I was buying them uh, towards the end of the day. It's actually it's been a crazy week because I've taken that money that the that was under management. It's now back under my management. And so I'm rotating. That so <laughs> it's been a lot of work, especially with the volatility, as you mentioned, that was in the market this week, but getting out of the dumb fucking funds that I was in, right? The, I'm not laughing at you, Nick. I'm not laughing at you. I'm were, laughing with you, man. <laughs> that, were, that were just tracking the S&P, but were charging me uh portfolio management fees to, to do that, right? Like active beta funds when you could have just bought like um, the SPX, for example, and paid a much less portfolio management fee. So anyway, I'm unwinding some of that stuff, but um, pecking into things like utilities, and you mentioned the question was about housing. So uh, I was buying that today. And as you know, I'm in the market to, to, to buy more housing and you own a couple yourself. So um, no, I think housing is uh, bullish and a safe haven. Uh, I'd be remiss not to mention now that you have, you know, even more freed up capital that, you know, I'm sure some of that capital is going into a deal that we're both writing a check for here this coming week. I think Monday, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's one of the better deals 
um, that I've been able to help finance in quite some time that we've been able to help finance. We're both going to participate on that front quality management team, world-class team, great supporters, phenomenal tier one potential asset. Um, one of those that I think, you know, it's going to be a 50 cent placement. And I think in a few months you IPO it at a buck 50 or so. And then there's a lot of runway. It's by no means one of these plays where you get in, you sell it at a dollar 50 in five months and you're good to go. This is one that I think is going to be exciting for years to come. So any thoughts on that deal that's coming up, Nick, we can put a link up maybe by the time we publish this, because if you are an accredited investor, and again, if you're allocating any kind of capital um, to the resource space, this is one that you absolutely should be involved with. Yeah, important distinction and that the capital you would you know put into to this deal is different than the uh, capital that I'm buying mutual funds and, and ETFs with, uh, right? A little bit different goal nonetheless. Uh, excited about this deal um, for a number of reasons, uh, some of which you mentioned. Um, it's a very large asset. Um, it's had a lot of money spent on drilling on it uh, already. That, so you know uh, sort of what's there. Um, it's being brought public uh, independently for the, the first time. It had come out of a portfolio of a, uh, a major. Um, it has people involved that uh, really know what they're doing on, on multiple fronts, not just in the country, but um, uh, with the specific metals involved in this asset, uh, the style of mineralization that it is, um, not just how to uh, extract it, but how to sell uh, an asset like that, which was uh, recently done by some of the board members. Um, and, and then uh, people there with uh, significant uh, capital markets uh, experience that know how to uh, get people aligned with the story and 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 walk it out and um of course the macro environment right for um all the metals that the, the deposit contains uh, palladium platinum, platinum rhodium nickel gold rhodium, right all the good gold. stuff and so you know i've been and you and i have been talking about the catalytic converters for a while i've been saying you don't want to be the guy stealing the catalytic converters and <laughs> trading them the metals for $50 a pop. You want to be the guy who owns the assets where the uh, metals for the catalytic converters come from. And, and that's not going away. Look, um, uh, catalytic converters thefts were back in the news recently. I was going to talk, <laughs> talk about it a couple of weeks ago and didn't. And then I flicked on the news uh, this week randomly and, and it was back on there uh, again. People are going into church parking lots is the new thing now and knock it off. Uh, all the vans because they can just roll under van to van to van, grab all the catalytic converters and go out. And so um, <laughs> that's not funny. Rational... But you know what did make me laugh? <laughs> What's that? It's an article about a guy that had his truck sticker and the decal said, come and take it. <laughs> and some asshole went and took his catalytic converter, took a picture and said, just did. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, words have uh, consequences, people. Caught. Words have consequences. You got you to gotta watch out what you ask for. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, uh, hey, the PGMs obviously in high demand and the nickel uh, and the gold. And so and if you can get in at multiples below what the next round is going to uh, be offered at, um, that's how you make money in the, in the private side of things. And um it's been a rash of, of good deals uh, recently. We talked about an oil deal on the, the last uh, episode. Uh, we'll ha both have this deal available to our accredited subscribers uh, in the next week. And then 
Um, looking uh, even beyond that, a bank, right? Mm. That uh, I'm looking to get people in on the private side, run by um, a team who, uh, over the course of 20 years, from the late 90s to the mid 20 uh, teens, uh, built a bank from scratch and sold it for two and a half billion dollars. And so, serving a niche market that we uh, both operate in the newsletter space, and so. Uh, we'll have the potential here to literally own the bank uh, early, right? If you, uh, well, if you know anything, but if you watch Game of Thrones or if you know about who controls the money supply, being the bank is a good thing. If you ever played Monopoly, for example. Um, and so if you can own the bank and um, the assets and the, the dividends and the cash flows that come with that, especially from uh, inception. And uh, listen, you can buy a significant uh chunk of these deals as well sorry a little bit of a rambling answer but it's a good answer in the case of the in the case of this bank uh the pre-money valuation is zero <laughs> and the post-money valuation is whatever money comes into this round <laughs> it's so, a great entry level uh, <laughs> a great entry point I right like that level <laughs> so if the um you know, you can put up a hundred grand and own uh, a percent of the bank. This is something like the math works out to I was doing this week. So um, anyway, uh, private deals, the cheaper the shares, the lower the valuations, the uh, larger percent of the company you can buy with a fewer capital, which is what allows those uh, shares to go up by multiples. Well, I'm, 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 I'm happy to see they let little old us, you know, into, you know, all these deals recently that have been, Pretty darn good. You know, some luck is always involved as always. They don't all work out, but it's been a solid, 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 I think 12 to 18 months here recently. And I think, um, you know, I think as we refine our betting process and, and, and really kind of lean on our network to kind of treat our subscribers and us, you know, um, on, on favorable terms, I think it's starting to show in the results that we're getting, right? Absolutely. You know what else is starting to show? I think Prince Andrew is going to jail for this one. I think he's going to prison. Well, it would be nice. Um, he might. We missed the story. We missed the story by a week, but uh, go ahead and recap it. So um, you guys will remember uh, he's accused of, uh, you know, uh, sexual assault of a sexually minor, sexually assaulting minors involved with the Jeffrey Epstein uh, sex trafficking ring. I guess let's call it yep. that. Which uh, Ghislaine has now been uh, found guilty of aiding uh, or abetting or however you want to phrase that. And so um, Prince Andrew is uh, now not immune. We know that he gave that awful interview, however long ago that was now, that uh, didn't make matters any uh, better for himself. The queen has got to be shaking her crown-laden head uh, at him and has now, as you mentioned at the beginning, stripped him of his uh, you know military uh, titles. Uh, and so... Uh, Charities the and the that, Twitter account. That's the one that was the tip the, off to me. The Twitter account says the, this account doesn't the exist. Threat, the thread is still being pulled, so that's the good thing. Go ahead. Yeah, no. Look, any time that um, there's there's this kind of about face where official Twitter accounts are stripped, military titles are stripped, charities are stripped. Um, there's a reason why up until now, Prince. Do I have to keep calling him Prince Andrew? <laughs> I'm going to assume he's guilty. So I'm just going to say, I, I won't say, I'll, I'll keep calling him Prince Andrew. So there's a reason why Andrew was fighting so hard 
to get this case thrown out and dodging it and not responding to subpoenas and saying there wasn't jurisdiction. Um, they have the discovery that's going to be turned over. They know exactly what they're looking at. So does the queen. I guarantee you, this is a preemptive move in, 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 in my tinfoil hat world, right? Um, to try to save face for what's about to come out now that we know the case is going to move forward. Um, there's already been a different settlement as it related to Jeffrey Epstein's role in the sexual assault of these teens. Money is not going to be as big a motivator for dissuading this witness and these witnesses from coming forward. And we just saw that in the Maxwell case where money wasn't enough of a deterrent. Not, neither were NDAs, right? Um, to prevent these brave women from coming forward and telling their story and having to relive all the triggers and all the nasty experiences that they ended up having to endure as a result of these fucking child sex traffickers. And so, look, I think... Um, I think we might get one that's finally indicted and I think we might get one that's finally convicted. And by one, I mean a man because up until now, there hasn't been much of that. It goes all the way to the top. I mean, the uh, uh, Prince of, uh, you know, uh, England is, is, is as far up there as it uh, gets. And we know there are others. Uh, he wasn't acting alone. And, um, you know, it speaks to... They really disenfranchisements with institutions uh, across the board. And we've said this time and again, right? When you've got former presidents and prime ministers and um, people in the justice system letting them sign deals to keep this stuff hidden. And, and those are the people who are telling you uh, what to do in your day-to-day -day life and setting laws that you have to live your life by. Um, of course, there's going to be animosity and distrust in the system and uh, it doesn't take a genius to look at a pupil and, and see the downward spiral of trust in institutions. And uh, of course, uh, you know that that's um, uh, aligned with uh, the turning of generations. Uh, uh, people like you and me who have uh, come of age and have reached maturity in the past 10 years. Or more <laughs> I don't know how much maturity who don't I've reached. Stand, <laughs> who don't stand for this. Um, and so um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue going and and, and it relates to, to all sorts of things, right? That's like an octopus, mm. right? I mean, um, it's the head, the, literally, it's the head of state. It's a figurehead. And that goes down into justice and why people don't trust justice and police. And it goes into finance. And you've had CEOs of private equity firms and banks have to step down over this stuff. And, you know, why should we trust our money with them or trust what they say about the um, monetary policy that we should set when... Uh, we know their their true character. So um, at the end of the day, it's why uh, really the people we trust are ourselves. And uh, a little bit of pontificating here. One of the reasons I just took uh, the money back to, to manage for myself, tying things together, not wanting to rely on another uh, institution, uh, not wanting to trust other institutions for um, anything, uh, financial upside or ethical guidance or... Um, anything like that and, and really wanting to, uh, A, do it ourselves and, and show other people how we've been able to uh, do that. And so uh, that's really the, the mantra and the, and the vision behind Digest Publishing. And uh, it's only just uh, getting going. The, the trials are only just getting going. The turning is only just getting going. This decade is only just getting going. 
uh, this commodity and precious pool market is just getting going and uh, the rebuilding of institutions i think is is just getting going and 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 that's why it's a, it's a bizarre world so you might have to deal with us for another 157 episodes you might you might uh, let's see um speaking of pricks and, and this one surprised me because i i i i, I kind of liked the guy up until now um i certainly didn't like the comments uh, I'm, I'm i'm you know I, i'd like to think i'm practical enough to separate you know a, a a an opinion i don't like from not liking uh the person or not liking a person's work right um but uh chamath palipatia and i know i'm butchering his name did you see those comments this week I saw the comments about nobody cares about the Uyghurs. The Uyghurs. Yeah, and uh, go on. I, I thought it wasn't just what he said. Um, it, it was the fact that I don't think most Americans or most people in the world are even on a very basic level educated enough about what's going on to even form an opinion. I had to do more research about how egregious and how horrific a lot of the alleged abuse that China is imposing on, uh, you know, what's what, what amounts to. Uh, a, a, oh, they've got the train set up. I mean, yeah, literally in the camps. Yeah, yeah. literally the camps, the trains, the facilities, um, the systemic rape. I'll, I'll put a link up to an article because I don't want to recite it. Uh, full disclosure to anybody out there that's triggered by, you know, content uh, that includes sexual assault and all the horrific stuff that goes with forced sterilization of women and all of that. Don't read the article. It's pretty detailed. But I know that Shamath is educated enough to understand what is happening. For him to be so certain, and he reiterated this, right? There's a 20-second clip. I'll put a link up to that. He didn't say it once. He said it twice. He said nobody cares. And then when the, 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 the host of the podcast that was interviewing him came back and said, what do you mean nobody cares? Like, he gave him an, an incredulous look. Like he was crazy. Like, what do you mean? And Shamath came back and retorted. He said, well, I know you care, but when I wake up in the morning, that doesn't mean the ba- that doesn't meet, meet the baseline of me caring. I don't care what's going on. So for him to know what's going on and still be able to be that forceful and double down on the comment that he didn't care, that part was surprising. And that, that, that does make me look at the guy in a bit of a different context. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a capitalist at heart. Um, I'd like to think I, 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 I try to do well with, you know, the, the, the good fortune that I've had and the good luck that I've had and the hard work that has paid off and hopefully continues to. But um, I, I admire Chamath, Chamath, whatever the name, for, for a lot of his business acumen. But this just seemed really cold blooded, man. It seemed out of, uh, out, of, out, of, out of tone. And I don't know if... I don't know if it's one of two things. He let his guard down and that's who he really is. Or he just had a moment where, you know, maybe he was arguing with his wife or his business partner or something. And he was just like, look, I got other things on my mind. I don't know. Maybe he's got a sick child at home, right? I'm always willing to give someone the benefit of the doubt. But I was surprised. And I was surprised that he doubled down. And I was surprised that someone as intelligent as that guy um, would be so forceful about the double down. So, yeah. Pretty dumb thing to say. Um, And I'm not going to defend him. but I got, I guess, uh, a couple of things of my own to say. Uh, one, not all his investments have, have been great, especially in the, the SPAC un- unfolding or unraveling that has happened in the uh, past year. And so he's got bigger personal problems, certainly, than uh, what's going on in a, in a foreign land. And then um, as far as the comment about China is concerned, 
I don't know if he was saying it for shock value or why he was saying it, but I will say this. Obviously, it's uh, horrible. Um, and obviously, we care about it. We don't think it should be happening. And at the same time, um, I can see where it doesn't resonate at the top of everyone's uh, radar sure. every day. I mean, I, I can't say that I get out of bed thinking uh, about that or, or, or you know, any other really global atrocity. So we all live in our own little uh, bubbles and have our own uh, problems and families and businesses and jobs. And so, but that doesn't mean that you go out there and you say that, you know, nobody cares about this and you, and you double down on it. So uh, we obviously have a range of, of, of causes that we care about. I mean, we donate 1% of our uh, subscription revenue uh, every month to a different one that uh, a different employee picks and including us when it's, um, our turn, mm-hmm. but I can't say we've given to you know any cause that is involved with uh, the Uyghurs or China. What I will say is that um, you don't have to to go out there and be a champion of a cause to to support it. You don't have to uh, be out there talking about it every day. You don't even have to uh, give dollars uh, to it. Uh, it's sort of like the the way I protest banks. Um, yeah. I don't buy bank stocks. I don't give banks my money. Similarly, I don't buy Chinese stocks. I don't give China my money. So I do um, that with churches. I, yeah, same, same, exactly. Uh, you vote with your dollars. You vote with your feet. You vote with your feet, right? Um, uh, but and at the same time, you don't go out there and 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 be a dick just to be a dick. Yeah, and, and look, you know, I'll, I'll I'll personalize it a bit, right? There was this horrific shooting here in Texas at a synagogue, right? And unfortunately, there was a loss of life, and I'm not Jewish. I'm not religious. Um, I respect everyone's faith, right? Everyone has a right to their faith as long as, you know, you're not using that faith to abuse of anyone. Um, But of course I empathize with what happened. Of course I understand that the community is reeling from something where, you know, they're they're there in peace practicing their faith um, together and they have to worry about some asshole or assholes just coming into a church taking hostages and starting to shoot at and kill people just for practicing their faith, not because they did anything else wrong. So I don't have to be Jewish or religious for me to empathize. Um, and, and is it the first thing that I think about every morning? Of course not, right? Got to get the kids to school, got to make some coffee, got to check the mark, all, all of the other things. But that doesn't prevent me during the day, you know, from, from, from empathizing and, 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 and really caring at a basic human level. And I guess that's the part about the comment that just struck me. Right? Even the apology was a little bit like, look, I went through shit when I was a kid too. <laughs> that, that's kind of what he said here. I'll read it. He said, um, on today's podcast, I recognize that I came across as lacking empathy. He doesn't say sorry. He just says, I acknowledge that entirely. As a refugee, my family fled a country with its own set of human rights issues. So this is something that is very much a part of my lived experience. To be clear, my belief is that human rights matter, whether in China, the U.S., or elsewhere. And then he ends with full stop. (laughs) You're almost a bigger brick in your apology statement, if that's what you want to call it, than you were in the original statement. It's like, hey, I went through some hard shit, too. That's like me sitting here going, you know what? Hey, back home in Zacatecas, I've known more people killed in the past three or four years than most of you, like, no period. I'm talking, you know... A lot and just atrocities that you couldn't even imagine. So if every time something bad happened, right, a shooting in Chicago or, or a shooting at a synagogue, I said, well, 
you know, I too have a shared experience that 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 is far more, you know, um, uh, newsworthy and horrific and and tragic than just you know one or two people. What kind of an asshole am I? And if then that's the apology, like that's the statement to clean it up. Kind of makes me believe he probably is an asshole in real life. And, you know, it is what it is. You know, I don't know the guy personally. I wish him the best. I hope he was just having a bad day. The cleanup wasn't much of a cleanup. It didn't sound too good. Well, we'll see if he gets canceled. But um, at the end of the day, you can uh, ignore him. Like I that, say, about separating the signal. That's right? it. Have some empathy. Be nice, people. Go on and try to be positive and spread good energy in the world. All right. Every now and then you got to tell someone to go fuck themselves. And, you know. You, you, you don't even have to do that. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a personal choice, right? Um, it's been an interesting week politically, Nick. I mean, voting rights legislation. Do we want to get into that? Do we want to talk about the Biden press conference that I don't know in the war, in the words of, you know, the famous poet Jay-Z, I don't know why your advisors didn't forewarn you. <laughs> Not for play. Why would you put sleepy uncle Joe up there for three hours? Are y'all crazy? I'm not even plugged into to either of these things, so um, voting rates seems a little heavy, but I'd love to hear about Sleepy Joe. <laughs> I, you know, and again, I have no dog in the fight other than I, I, I don't care for either side really politically. I have very few politicians that I actually believe are, 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 are acting in good faith. Um, on behalf of the citizenry. And, you know, there's a few. Lisa Murkowski, I like her out of Alaska, Republican out of Alaska. There's a couple of others that I think have good ideas that I hope evolve. But look, the bottom line is he, he was up there for three hours. Uh, when? This, I don't even know. Uh, th- th- this was earlier this week. Earlier this week. Okay. So it would have been last week by the time that this is published. Sure. And so there, there was a little bit of everything. There was um, him ranting and snapping at a journalist. Um, there was the one that really got me is they asked them about the situation in Russia and the Ukraine, which, you know, again, if, if, if we want to be capitalist pigs about it, like it has huge implications for the uranium sector. And that's something that should you, we should keep an eye on human aspect aside. Right. Um, but, but obviously the, the very serious threat of a Russian invasion um, is, is something that again, for everyone in the region, I, I empathize and I feel for, for, for what that could possibly turn into. And when he was asked about how the U S would respond, he said, well, it depends if it's like an all out invasion or like a minor incursion. It was almost just a, no red line. Yeah. No it was line. almost like him saying, you know, eh, just the tip. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> Right? Like, it didn't count. It doesn't count if it's a minor incursion. And if there's one human being on the planet that, like, you probably don't want to give, like, some leeway towards, <laughs> it's probably Vladimir, right? That's not the guy that you go, just the tip is okay, Vladimir. <laughs> like, probably not the guy. Just a few times. <laughs> so, look, I don't mean to downplay the seriousness of the situation. I just, I, I for the life of me, can't understand why his advisors. Put him up there for three hours. I get that he's ranking low in the polls. I get that, um, you know, he hasn't had the best week with the the, 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 the COVID numbers. And, you know, a, a lot of that isn't his fault. But there are some things he should be held to account for. Um, and, and, and let's get into that. And the one that, that, that irks me the most is one, of course, that's near and dear to me, which is immigration. I've said repeatedly on this podcast, I am a huge fan of law, rule and order. And it's what makes America so great when we do it well. When we do it well, as it relates to immigration, I am so sick and tired of Democrats campaigning every time there's an election, every time there's a local election, a midterm election, a presidential election, 
you know, Hispanic votes matter, immigration matters, we're going to get it right. We need you. We're the party that's going to get this done. The other side doesn't care about you. You know that because Donald Trump says mean things and he started putting up a wall. And, and we're going to take care of that in year one. Obama did it, managed to do nothing, droned the hell out of the Middle East, won a Nobel Peace Prize, right? Um, Joe, same thing. Not a peep. Nothing has passed. He can't even pass his voting rights bill in the U.S., which all the Republicans, except for, I believe, Lisa Murkowski, uh, voted against, right? So I'm tired, again, of just politicians doing what they always do, which is just talking the book until it gets them elected and then completely turning their back on everybody but corporations, right? It takes us back to the conversation we had when he was elected and, and everybody said, if Biden gets elected, the market's going to drop 20%. I said, no, it's not. And everybody was like, no, no, he's going to raise the corporate tax rate and it's it's going to be egregious and like, it's socialism. And I'm like, are you serious? Do you, do you follow this guy's track record? Like the one thing that I knew we had going for us, Nick, is we were, we were owners of corporations. And whether it's Republican or Democrat, I know those both parties are going to get up there and they're going to do their bidding for us because that's the way the country is set up. Corporations done the whole, do, do the whole thing. You know that by the voting rights bill that got passed down, right? Like all the Republicans, except for Murkowski, I believe, voted against it. And, you know, there, there were two different, um, two different bills that, 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 that were up for a vote. They both passed the House. They both got shut down in the Senate. They don't want drive-through voting. It doesn't matter if you have the right ID or not. By they, I mean the Republicans in this case. They don't want to make uh, Election Day a national holiday, which for a lot of people, you know, you can't take off of work. You have no more sick days. You need to pay the babysitter. Well, fuck the vote. I, I got to feed the kids, right? That's most of America. I don't care if you're black, brown, white. If you're not rich and you can't afford to drive to the polling station and you can't afford to take the day off, that affects the ability for our democracy to thrive and for our democracy to really reflect what the people want. It's already hard enough. It's already hard enough with all the lobbying that goes on. That was another thing that was a part of this Voting Rights Act. There was a, a, a cap on dark money that could come in. Anything above $10,000, they wanted it to be disclosed. They wanted to disclose who was in that dark pool of capital. So that we would know, right? Is this a foreign group? Is this an, a, a, a left-wing group, a right-wing group? We want to know who's influencing the elections. I want to know. I'm big on accountability. Um, I want to know. And, 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 and so that, that, that was shot down. What else was shot down? Let's see. Uh, allow voting by mail with no excuses needed. And voters could put their ballots in drop boxes as long as it was validated. Nope, didn't want that one. Um, uh, allow states to have early voting for at least two weeks, including nights and weekends. No, we don't want that shit. Fuck that. Even poor people might come out. And so, again, what bothered me about the, 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 the speech was immigration wasn't mentioned once in three hours. And that was a cornerstone campaign issue for you, supposedly. This is supposed to be big legislation for the Democrats, this Voting Rights Act. They couldn't muster the votes for it, right? And this is simple. Yes, you can say that, you know, it's because of the filibuster and Republicans and that's where the opposition came from. And, and, and maybe election time, that party needs to have a, a conversation with its constituents. And look, I have tons of Republican friends that want to be able to participate in the democracy by having easier access to polling stations, by being able to vote online, by changing the way it's done. If we can verify all sorts of other things online, why can't we do this? Um, they want to be able to go nights and weekends. They want to be able to go through a drive-thru. Here in Texas, we want to be able to take more than three people in a car to a voting station without catching a misdemeanor. 
It, I mean, the stuff that's going on is insane. I, I'll give you another one here in Texas. Again, personalizing things. They passed the thing back in December here in Texas that did all sorts of fuckery to voting access, right? They passed that in December. And now the Texas Secretary of State's office is telling me that they're blaming supply chain issues for a shortage of voter registration forms. So Texas, one of the wealthiest states in the union, doesn't have enough fucking paper so that people can vote in a system that's already rigged to make it hard for poor people of all colors and backgrounds to be able to vote. It's insane. You're handed out on belt buckles or something. I'm sure they got enough. It's insane what it's going on right now. And it's insane the stuff that we, 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 again, the stuff that we argue over. And, and, and riot and, and protest about um, and, and the stuff that just goes completely unnoticed by, again, you know, most Americans, most politicians. Um, so, hey, that's my rant on voting rights. Well, it's easy to see uh, where they're able to get uh, votes, right? You can um, get votes to spend money. You can get votes to send out checks. You can get votes for... Uh, infrastructure when most of the money is going to go to uh, corporations. But um, when you try to to augment the justice system or um, change the way uh, police are trained and, and funds are allocated to them, it's a, it's a dead end. Um, when you try to um, pass cannabis legislation that includes um, prior convictions, alleviating the, the charges that are associated with prior convictions, it's a, a dead end. And when you try to uh, get people to vote, in other words, um, it's easy to do things where uh, you just print the money and, and help the corporations. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing how they don't get through things that are, um, you know, a fundamental rights-based things for individuals, right? Very, very, very well said, you know, and not, and, and not only accept the corporation donations and, you know, all the, the, the other stuff, the dark pool money and all that. But then, you know, you go ahead and front run your citizenry, the people that voted for your, your constituents by buying the stock of the policy you're about to affect in a nationally classified meeting. Some of these fuckers should be in prison right now with Prince Andrew, with Miss Maxwell. It's it's again, pay attention, y'all pay attention. Um, I'll tell you who's paying attention because he always stays winning. Mr. Sean Carter, Mr. Jay-Z. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've said it before, you know, like, um, I, I, hell of a run, right? He's doing his 50s, right? But Jay-Z is trying to pass because he understands the power of lobbying and influence, right? Um, a bill, Senate Bill S-7527, where if it's passed, prosecutors would be required to provide both clear and convincing, these are legal terms, folks, evidence that lyrics cited as evidence are literal rather than figurative or fictional thoughts on that and of course you know it's it's the hip-hop it's the hip-hop genre that would most benefit from this because it tends to be the most aggressive because the stories tend to come from some of the most aggressive places in the world right but this would be again this would be a law that would apply to everyone. It would apply to metal bands. It would apply to folk bands. It would apply to R&B groups, um, singers alike. And so it's meant and designed to where if I write a thing and, and you know, I say, you know, when I see someone, I'm going to smack them in the fucking mouth. Um, and I'm, I'm writing this as a, a blogger or a journalist 
or a newsletter writer or an artist. Um, and then like that actually happens. You can't use the fact that I said that was going to happen um, in court. You have to separate the two, right? You have to separate the personality from the actual person. And, 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 and I, like, I, I, I like the intent of the law. I would love to hear your take, Nick, because I remember, you know, early 90s, um, there was a, a situation where Tupac Shakur was sued. One of my all-time favorite artists. But he was sued because I believe it was a state trooper was killed by someone. And he, they ended up suing his estate because they said it was his music that motivated this guy in some other state somewhere to shoot a cop because that's what was playing. And so this is, you know, this is meant to separate that line between reality and, and, and entertainment and, and not, you know, having the two fuse, right? No, I mean, if it's a different uh, person, you know, it's just like video games, right? I mean, what are you going to sue the video game because of a, a shooting or something like that. If it's the artist himself, if rapper Nick Hodge raps about killing John Doe and then rapper Nick Hodge goes out and kills John Doe, <laughs> that might be a bit of a different story. But um, no, if, if, if I make a, a rap song and then, you know, someone else goes out and commits a murder that mirrors even that rap song, certainly it's not my fault for, for that murder. And so... I wonder what he's personally thinking of or, or what was the precedent that got him interested in in this or if it's just uh, uh, a niche cause of his. I, uh, I, I would hate to speculate for Mr. Sean Carter yeah. <laughs> yeah, above my pay grade, right? Um, but, but I do know this. I mean, he's always been extremely forward-looking, right? This is a guy that couldn't get a record deal, said, why do I need a record deal? Let me just start a record label. Right. And, 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 and then said, OK, well, that's cool. I think I'll sell clothes now and go make 40, 50 million from that. Let me start a clothing label and then said, well, you know, the restaurant and bar business sounds awesome. I think I'll buy a franchise of those and then thought, hey, the future is music streaming. It's not CDs. It's not it's not that anymore. Let me go buy myself a streaming service along with some partners and I could go on. He's got a music production company. Oh, yeah. By the way, he's married to Beyonce. Cheated on her. Had a threesome on the side. Got her back. That might be the biggest win of all. Um, and so now with, you know, with this law, um, I'm sure there's a good reason. I'm sure there's a good cause. I'm sure it's, you know, forward thinking. I don't know what that is right now. But yeah, I, 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 him and Tom Brady, I don't bet against those two guys. Who do you get to sponsor the bill, do you know? Not yet. Let me see if I can look and say, we'll follow that up next week. I mean, week. he can't, he can't just propose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he's got his team of attorneys and I'm sure they got a team of lobbyists and, uh, you know, yeah, we'll see. I'll follow up on that. I think that's great. You mentioned, um, you know, video games and, and I, I, I think it's interesting. I, I'm sure you saw Microsoft acquired Activision Blizzard for $69 billion. Microsoft with the 69 that's all call of duty world of warcraft diablo you know i'm getting old because i don't know what the heck a diablo is i've heard of a call of duty i've heard of a world of warcraft um but no look 69 billion dollars um which you know the last big deal like this that microsoft did was 26 billion when they bought linkedin in 2016 um so the metaverse is metaing Oh, I think it was also one of the the largest, you know, cash deals and all cash deals in, in, in recent memory came at a significant uh, premium. And so we're getting to a point here where it would be easier to talk about uh, companies uh, 
people who aren't involved in the metaverse rather than those who are getting involved because uh, everyone's getting involved in the, the definition of the metaverse is is going to get a little bit loose right mm. um you know walmart's in the metaverse now was a story this week i haven't even had a chance to, to read it so i don't know why walmart's in the metaverse <laughs> now but i'll get to it um nike's bought a company to design shoes uh, in the metaverse now i'm not talking about you know designing virtual looking shoes i'm talking about designing virtual shoes uh, digital shoes that um, an avatar would wear or something for example and if so, you have a virtual girlfriend uh, is it still cheating uh i don't know that might be up to the individual uh relationship and the the stakeholders in that to, to navigate for themselves um, but Chris Pearl uh, had a great piece this week about, um, and, and I would venture to guess, you know, it's probably not cheating because he was talking about you know, <laughs> ways to, 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 to envision the metaverse and how um, you can have a house in the metaverse with a Lamborghini in the driveway, just like you have a house with a Lamborghini in the driveway in, in Southern California, except um, that house and the car are all NFTs, right? And we talked about this a little bit mm-hmm. on this podcast where uh, the NFTs themselves <laughs> are uh, tools to, to mint cri- cryptocurrencies and tokens. What's the joke, Jordan? No, I'm just, uh, I want to ask my wife if I can have a virtual girlfriend. <laughs> Give me two seconds. <laughs> Babe, <laughs> can I have a girlfriend in the metaverse? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> No, further no, no, no words back. Just a look. That's usually a no go. So. <laughs> you know, you know, everyone's feet are bigger in the, in the metaverse, Gerardo. Maybe she wants a boyfriend um, in the metaverse. <laughs> Don't have to pigeonhole no. that, right? Mm-hmm. Goes both ways. You know, there was <laughs> got to be fair. There was there was a country song I think in the late '90s or early 2000s about. Um, it, the title was "I'm So Much Cooler Online," and it was. Um, it was in the, in the music video was Jason Alexander, of course, the, the short bald guy from Seinfeld, and how um, this was you know the beginning of chat boards and AOL instant messenger and you know you could create your own persona online, right? The the the, the shtick of the song was that you know he's five nine and bald and lives <laughs> in his basement, but online he's you know six four and jacked and a millionaire and 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 everybody loves him, right? Well. Um, this is sort of the, the the next iteration of that, where it's gone from message boards and chat characters and uh, profiles on dating apps and social media things to um, actually personifying yourself um, in or on the internet through avatars. And you got to spend real money for that. It just so happens that this is coinciding with cryptos. And that adds this whole other layer of, uh, minting and appreciation, but in a very real way that Jason Alexander from 1999 has just been, you know, transported to 2022. He's still five nine and bald in his mom's basement, but now maybe he's got a, a couple hundred thousand dollars saved in his retirement account, or he's made money and and he can buy a, a cool whatever your definition of cool is, right? Avatar or house or piece of land in the metaverse and. No, he can go and powwow with his friends there. You know, I'm not going to characterize whatever, have meetings. And so um, it's an alternate life. And 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 and, and it's um, 
being enabled by the development of technology. So we joke about Farmville and how people own farms and spend real dollars <laughs> to buy cows. In this instance, you can put on a pair of Oculus goggles, right? And you're not experiencing it through just the keyboard, but it's it's uh, more sensory involvement, right? Um, and so anyway, I don't know if I'm making a lot of sense, but we were talking about the, the game that your son was playing a couple of months ago. There's like... Uh, porn being done in those characters I saw yeah. in, in the past week. And uh, what else have I seen with porn? Because, you know, porn leads everything. So, you know, VHS tapes and DVDs and all that stuff. So those ahead of the curve. Like, um, <laughs> ahead of the curve. What, whatever. Like the rich nerd, the, the rich nerd is always fucking the, 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 the porn actress, right? Well, like now some of the titles are like crypto millionaire, bags, bags realtor or whatever, right? So... Anyway, you don't have to watch that video just like someone's going to watch you and I on the screen. You can put on your goggles, your little avatar can get down, whatever. And so, um, anyway, I'm thinking of Demolition Man and John Spartan yep. where they had sex with a little tingly thing. So, um, I, I don't even know what the question was. But um, uh, the metaverse is developing quickly and everybody wants their, their, their stake in it. Uh, from the the biggest retailers in the world, Walmart, all the way to literally individuals still living in their mouths. You want to hear my tinfoil conspiracy uh, theory about uh, about the metaverse and Microsoft buying up, you know, Activision Blizzard? Oh, that was that. it, Microsoft. Yeah, I mean that's that's all part of it. So you have Twitch and people playing these games. Yeah, sorry. No, no, no. So my conspiracy theory is that they're going to legalize federally gambling, right, on a federal level soon. And I believe that what 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 the Microsofts and the Amazons and all of these different platforms are looking to do is get kids at a very young age and teach them to spend real money on fake shit. So that by the time they're legally able to gamble, they have a built-in funnel of money for as long as they're solvent. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's maybe not just it has to do with gambling, but yeah, getting people to spend money in the in the digital uh, economy, whether for gambling or for items in games or um, whatever. Fifteen times makes yeah. a habit, right? Mm -hmm. Teach him at seven mm -hmm. to spend fake money on real things. Wait till you're 18 <laughs> and don't turn 24 and make some real money. Be out there losing your Absolutely. ass. <laughs> no, that's the long term trend. Yeah. What else? Do, what else do we got to chat about, Nick? What are you excited about in the market? Did you? Well, here, no, no, no. Before we do that, I I got to cover Howard Stern real quick. Um, did you see the Howard Stern quote? No. <laughs> he was talking about anti vaxxers, and here's the quote. He said. It was up to me. <laughs> Anyone unvaccinated would not be admitted to a hospital. At this point, they've been given plenty of opportunity to get the vaccine. People have been told you will die if you get the vaccine. Some of you will live, but most of you will die. These people don't trust our government. They think that there's some sort of conspiracy to turn them into a magnet or something like this. They have. They think they're going to become magnetized if they take the vaccine. Vaccine. You had your chance. If you're not vaccinated, don't come to the hospital. You're going to go home and die. <laughs> COVID's turning people into crazy people. I thought politics was doing it. Man. Uh, I mean, so much to say there. You want another long answer? Yeah. I mean, it's been two years. Uh, people are getting tired of it. Uh, we're going to get, uh, um, you know, mass inoculation or herd immunity or whatever, either by everybody getting vaccinated or 
uh, by everybody getting the virus. And so I don't know how I feel about, you know, turning people away at the hospital. Of course, you're not going to turn someone oh. away. But, you know, in some province in Canada, they're talking about adding a surcharge if you're not vaccinated, um, uh, which I could uh, theoretically uh, see. And then um, what was the other thing? But I then they're going to add a surcharge so, if you eat McDonald's and they're going to add a surcharge if you have more than three drinks a night. And then, you know, and, and that's the problem with government. We're at a point where we can't even you know, look at, at, at something that might make sense, like like a COVID or a, or a vaccination surcharge, right? That that might make sense if it was practical and we trusted the people that are voted into office. I have such little trust for government at this point that I wouldn't trust them. I, I, I wouldn't trust them for anything. <laughs> I don't trust them on anything, mm. right? And I think that's part of the problem, right? That's where some of the, the vaccine hesitancy comes from. We've seen the changing of the science and the, the guidelines. And you and I always say, right, take all the information and, and, and make what the best decision that's, that's best for you and your family. The problem is that um, some of the guideposts, and this is a personal thing, you know, the goalposts that I have to kick the ball through to, to answer the decision correctly, I'm not sure are, are the right posts. Let me, let me say what I mean by that. So we just got our, our five-year-old vaccinated this week. She got her first shot. And it's not necessarily because we think she's in danger of the virus. And, and that's sort of the problem I have with it. I, I don't think, I mean, she had the virus. She didn't get sick. So I, I didn't vaccinate her to prevent her from getting the virus. And I think that's a problem. The reason that we got her vaccinated is so she could stay in school. Because the mm -hmm. school has gone to a model that is now test to stay. So if someone tests positive in her class, um, they can keep the class open as long as you enroll in the test to stay program. We'll test her right on the spot. And when she tests negative, she can stay in school. So the only reason, and we text, you know, doctors that we know, um, friends of the family that are, that are doctors that have kids of their own. And, and we got sort of the same response um, in one case, uh, Close friends is doctor, doctor, the wife's a nurse. They have kids almost exactly the same age. It's sort of they gave us the same exact response. Uh, we're not necessarily comfortable vaccinating them against the vaccine either, but we did so because of the, the schooling mm -hmm. situation. So, um, you know, people are saying all sorts of crazy things. It's weighing on all sorts of people differently. It's um, unprecedented, right? We've been using that word for, for two years. Nobody's gone through this before unless you were, you know, around for this, the Spanish flu. And so, you know, it's weighing on people differently. People are uh, responding to it differently. What I don't appreciate is um, being forced, I view it as forced in my yeah. mind, to have medical interventions for my children yep. that yeah. aren't necessarily... Um, for their medical interests, but for their educational mm -hmm. interests. And so anyway, I, I get why people are frustrated. I get why people are snapping off. I get why people are doing whatever they're doing, melting down in pizza huts and, you know, all sorts of shit. So it's, it's, it's tough out there and, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes and no adverse reactions. Uh, thankfully so far, not that I was worried about it, but uh, the point there is that I think, not, I think, you know, I'm pretty sure we vaccinated our kid for the wrong reason. Yeah. And I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's definitely, um, it's definitely complicated. And obviously everybody has different situations. Um, 
Let's just try. Sorry, one yeah, more. Yeah, no. Sorry. But my neighbor, who can make his own decisions, who's not five years right. old, has been one of those, you know, um, one of those. I'm not getting fucking vaccinated. <laughs> yeah. But just one, one of yeah. those, right? I'm not wearing a mask. He's just, he's, he's him. Yeah. And so that's fine. Be, be you. Uh, but he's fucking sick this week. Like, uh, sick, right? Had to go to the hospital. So, twice. And so... Uh, He's of the mind now, I'm pretty sure, I'm kind of putting words in his mouth, but I'm pretty sure he's thinking, I'm a fucking dumbass, right? Like, I should have just fucking got the shot, right? And I think a lot of people are going to be in that camp. So, um, I think more people are going to get uh, vaccinated and, and all that to say, I just think we're getting closer to the end of this thing for all the uh, turmoil and, and, and mental health stuff it's caused and for all the second guessing it's made parents do and for all the... Um, you know, s- schedules that had to change and jobs that had to shift and people that had to stay home and all that stuff. Um, I think it's getting closer to the end. I think you're right. I hope you're right. Things I'm looking forward to in the market this week, same thing I was looking forward to last week that didn't happen. Uh, results that have been delayed because of the labs from Patriot Battery Metals. I want to see if I'm proven right that we're on to a significant lithium discovery because a significant lithium discovery in Ontario in 2022 with a company that's got $11 million going in the ground here over the next nine months. That excites me a lot. And that's a big position for me. And then Aldebaran, it keeps going up. All the results haven't came out yet. You know, I had recommended that company. I wonder if they're good. Uh, fingers crossed or it's going to be a round trip. You know, I recommended it at 52 cents. I think it closed at like at 112, 115 today. Um, and then, you know, yeah. there's, there's going to be, there's multiple rigs turning. There's going to be as many as four this year. Um, hundred meter step out from the best hole they had ever drilled, which was the last hole in the last drill program. So no, a lot to be excited for there. Anything on your end of it, Nick? I'm excited to keep employing that, that capital. I've, I've got it almost all into cash. It's almost all unwound and, uh, still early year stuff. Um, and so excited about that because it's time to start managing that own my, my own money on, on that side of things and uh, i think that's going to be helpful for for the monthly subscribers foundational profit subscribers and uh who will get to read about the the ways that i deploy and, and position that money we talked about uh, some private deals they'll have coming up yeah. here soon the uh, pgm deal and the private banking deal uh, i'm excited about those and and one thing that slipped my mind, and if you watch this far, you'll get it for free. It's a, a, a very narrow tip, though. It's only going to apply to a, a couple of people. I don't even know if they, they watch this podcast. But, you know, Gerardo, one of the problems we've had with private placements is the legend removal, um, especially this this language issue God, between we'll have... Uh, have, have sold and will sell. Um, of course you will sell them. That's why you fucking bought them. Don't make me wait till I have sold them to clear my legend. Um, there's a workaround. And so uh, you've probably been told, I was told a couple of months ago and I forgot, but I was reminded this morning. So let's say you have uh, 100,000 shares of a stock that is have sold that you can't get the, the legend removed on until you have sold it. Um, let's say that stock's trading at a dollar. You, you can you can sell a couple of thousand shares of, of that stock, put a couple of mm-hmm. thousand shares for sale at a dollar, put 99,000 shares for sale at $2, let the 1,000 shares sell, but apply to have the legend removed for all the shares while your, your, your offer is up. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Get the legend removed off all the shares, sell just the small portion you yeah. want, and then take down your 
ask for the rest of the shares and their legend will be removed from all of them. So that's a really esoteric thing for maybe half a person that's watching this podcast, but it's sort of a, an important thing and a, and a little bit of a workaround. So I don't know why I'm so excited about that, but if I can get legends removed off of my shares and I don't have to worry about having to be bought back in, it's uh, um, well, it's one less hiccup that has to come out of my diaphragm in my life. And I like that. I like it. I like it. Anything in the market you're looking forward to this week, Nick? Reduce your equity exposure, guys. Broader indices or just across the board? Yeah, broader indices. Tech, uh, meme stocks, high beta stuff, uh, that high short interest stuff, that AMC shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. I like it. Yeah, it's not it's not a dip to buy this. I time. like it. I like it. It's been fun, everyone, as usual. We've gone over an hour this go around. There was lots to talk about. I'm going to be more loving this year. I'm going to be more caring. I'm going to be more zen, more peaceful. That's the theme for 2022. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. Was this number 153, Nick? Oh my goodness, that's a lot of Episode 153. Uh, If you're going to calm down, I'm going to have to go the other way. So here we go. (laughs) Trying to make love, not war, you pricks. Leave me the fuck alone. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. (laughs) See ya.